Welcome to the Charge Down, episode forty-six. Um, Six Nations. We're in. We're we're one round in. Uh, in terms of my intro, I don't really have one prepared. Um, normally, I I I actually wrote out a script, and then I I was like, I looked at it again. I was like, I don't have an intro. Um, which is just a cool story in itself. Um, now that we're finished with the intro, let's move on to uh, the actual games. I'm just going to dive straight in. Six Nations, Ireland versus Wales. Um, if one of you guys wants to take over, just do. All I have is we started at Ireland. Great start for Ireland in terms of the opening ter- opening game of the tournament. Um, Hansen was class. was player to match. For a debut, he looked very, very assured. Well, see player, so much. First, first of all, that was, the, the, the <laughs> intro is getting worse. It didn't even introduce who's here. Oh, yeah. The lads. So it's me. The full house. <laughs> yeah. The full gang is here. Jeez, I really should just write this shit out properly. Um, <laughs> Fuck yeah, it, we'll the, do it live. <laughs> the, the full gang is here. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm in a good mood. Like Ireland, Ireland are playing well. They're winning. Um, not for much longer, but we'll talk yeah. about that when we get there. Yeah. Who, so, who, okay, Irish match versus Wales. Yes. Great results. Five mm-hmm. points to their zero and no injuries from the match. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought look, we looked good. I saw, or rather heard a comment on another podcast that Ireland are probably the most... Um, intricate passing team and most complicated passing team around mm. uh, I think that's very fair we have some really nice moves um, when we have the ball a lot of diversion a lot of um, options before we pass the ball and we pass we, like, we don't offload much but we pass an incredible amount yeah. um, it does feel like to me as a like sort of uh, uneducated viewer I feel like a lot of that passing game comes through Sexton I, I'm not sure yes like Mate, there's, sure there's a lot of go players given different options and running lines like Hansen in particular had a great range of passing which I haven't really seen too much of from him mm. and everyone else like of course like Furlong the rest of the, the pack are very comfortable on the ball I do think Sexton is the main pivot though but it, it seems like we're maybe I'm not sure if we're, if he's less important because everyone can handle the ball and we have a few playmakers like Keenan, Hansen can pass the ball and Boniaki's continuing his improvement as a, a playmaker or Sexton still is important to make everything tick. Mm. I think we'll get to that when we talk about the Wales game, but um, I sorry, the France game, but um, yeah, like what Neil said, I, I don't think I've seen as into a pass attack. Like if New Zealand were pulling that stuff off, people would be would be impressed. And I was listening to, um, I was reading Murray Kinsgaard, and he was saying like, when you look back at the games we played, last Six Nations, um, you could see that Ireland are trying to do this stuff, um, but we were just getting you know passes got at the back, and someone was getting caught by a defender. The the real difference seems to be what people are doing off the ball. Like everyone looks like a realistic option, uh, for the passer, and then that makes the defenders make decisions, and it opened up. Uh, kind of the big way. Um, okay. Do you remember you have, to, you, have look, you, you mentioned it yourself, like uh, the callow nature of. Uh, I know you're not always attacking the center channel, but if you're looking at 
space and dog legs and gaps to exploit with a, a like an intricate passing game, you'd say like Tompkins and Adams, for instance, as a pairing, a a, a person who's not an outside center defending an outside center, and then in terms of like the experience as a two man unit, just they're probably not even on the same wavelength. So like we're saying, yeah, that that all worked out on the day, but then last year we were trying the same stuff against perhaps more established, better setups, and it wasn't paying off now i know like a year is a long time in rugby so as you say we've possibly developed more like i don't know decoy lines and stuff that maybe is the like is making it pay off more often but i don't know like it's just a one-off thing for me the wales one there's a perfect example it but what i mean like the van der Feer made a break just before conway's second try and the ball went doris had us and sexton was coming around the back and it looked like he was going to pop it off to Sexton, but what, I can't remember which Welsh defender it was, kind of shot up to to cover the loop that he thought was coming, and mm. Doris just drew in two defenders, and as soon as we're at the tackle, he just popped it, and Van der Freer entered a gap. I, I feel like last year, that ball would have gone out to back to Sexton, Sexton would have been swallowed up by Tompkins, probably, because he was everywhere. Um, mm. And I, I just think there's far more options on it. We did get caught a few times, and we got caught a couple of times when, um, like towards the end of the game. But I don't know, I think it's replicable, replicable against yeah. against France. If France is the big, uh, I suppose a better, a better, cha- a better. Um, you yeah. get a better sense of how good it was if Sexton was there because he was present in the big big games, big wins against uh, New Zealand, uh, Japan, and now Wales. Um, I think we've definitely improved. We haven't faced a serious, well-rested team. Like, okay, you can say. New Zealand, they were at, at the end of a very long season and they got hammered by France the week after. Wales, a lot of injuries, yeah, but like that, I don't think Wales are like going to get much better. Like Next year, we will face them. They're going to... The guys who are getting back will all be in their 30s. They're all mid-30s, late 30s, almost. So I, I don't think it's going to really change too much. But looking at this game in isolation, it's 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 impossible to gauge the quality of the opposition for me. Yeah, I, I, I really struggled with this. I thought Wales were off. On Wales didn't really do much. They did nothing. Well, the they, only they didn't opportunity they got was like I thought, I thought, like, if, like when you compare it to like say the Bat and the Montpellier games, which which came to mind in the bit because the both the style of rugby that the dominant team was playing and how how much dominance they were. Like Wales still stood up. Like they never their heads never went down. Josh Adams lost a head because he was getting whooped, but like they still made their tackles. They still, well, when they tried, they still ran back. And even though they were um, really gassed early on, they, they kept in it. Um, it it reminded me of you said, uh, it reminded me of that match Leinster versus Munster, where I think it was the quarterfinal like two seasons ago in the. URC or maybe the semi, where I remember the expression floating around was Munster didn't throw a punch. And it felt like, well, you say Wales stood up, yeah. yeah. But it's all well and good, like, absorbing all hits, and then hmm. we have to have the throw a punch as well, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm, not, I'm not saying they were good, but I'm not hmm. saying, uh, like, some people say this was abject, like, but I think they're just beaten by a much better team, and, like, their for- forwards are so much better than theirs. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's hard to place like how good that was. Um, yeah. But as a as a starting lineup, that was great. If you want to talk about individuals, Todd Hansen yeah. was a great start. Nearly got a, nearly got a dream try. Mm. Um, was nice he player of the match for you though? No, that was that was him getting it because he did yeah. he had a lot of positive impact. In fairness, he had a great game. Oh yeah, he will. He was well, one of the was, players of the match. Yeah. I certainly agree with that. I give that to Ford. I think. Mm. Um, just a great great game. A bit disappointed in the subs. I thought Sheehan had a great game and came on. Um, the rest of them didn't really do much. I don't remember he was good. Surprising. The pass he threw to um, Burn set up their try. Yeah, that was bad. Okay, but I I, I was impressed with him. Like, I, there's certain players now where I I go into situations with a negative mindset about them. Like, so I'll be watching him. Almost wanting him to make it. I know it sounds terrible. Like I, I'll have a very low bar for tolerance of what he can do bad, and I'll be all over it. But I thought he looked sharp around the edges I, of the I rook. Like, I thought he was slow. I, I'm you, more and more convinced that he can't play this game. Do you, Do you guys view that as a concern going forward? Um, yeah, I think we have to move on. Like the the idea was great that hmm. you have him come on, manage the game, but. I don't. I think. I I just don't think he can play the quick game at all, mm. and so you're you're shutting down the team pretty much when he comes on. It wasn't just him, and there's people who played worse than him when he came on or less of impact. Yeah. But I I feel like you just have to bite the bullet and get Casey in, guess whoever in, Marmium if you don't want to put someone inexper- inexperienced on the bench. But I think you have to now look at life past Murray. I do. I I, I actually agree with both of you. I thought. Uh, I thought Murray was quite good. He came on as, as good as I've seen him in a little while, but I think if we're going to persist at this game, you're just wasting a, a, a bench spot. Like, yeah. I had one of his worst games in the green, I thought. Um, I, I would say very West. mixed in the first half, and then the second yeah. half was good with the game he played. But he definitely threw... No, it wasn't his worst game. His worst game was like uh, Scotland last year, was it? And I was like, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's time to put the Gibson Park experiment to bed. Um, he, he threw some terrible passes and a couple of bad decisions, but like he still set up like Conway's try. Like it wasn't an incredible skill to have. Um, just a quick pass out, and Conway scores the easiest try of his career by just running over the, the try line. It was a bit surprised he didn't go closer to the line, but closer to the, mm. the post, I should say. But um, I thought he was definitely mixed. Is the the positive way of describing his first half was um, he, hopefully better conditions. This is. This is why I find it so hard to gauge, okay? Were you guys a little bit worried at halftime when it was 10-0? I wasn't yep. worried, but I could easily see that game being drawn into something that was we didn't want. Like we guess, I think we were always going to win, but yeah. it could have easily been they score next and things get very cagey. Yeah, this is what I mean by like how good was the result actually in context of the match itself. Because like 10-0 at halftime with the level of dominance we had, against the Welsh team that wasn't doing a whole lot. And if you look at it at 80 minutes, you're like, yeah, no, that was that was great. But then go back to 40, and it's 10-0. And as you say, if, if Wales got it into them at halftime, if if they like got a bollocking or whatever, and it gave them the capability to play beyond themselves, and maybe they get a lucky break in the first five minutes, like, as you say, it puts a completely different complexion on that game. And um, next I, I, just thing you know, I don't think anything would... Go on, James. 
I, was gonna say, I don't think anything that Wales team could have done was going to hurt us. Like, they, as, as Neil said, they're up for it, and they could have come out at half-time, like, oh, Jesus, we're still in this game. And, and you know, we've been beaten up a bit, but we still have a chance. Like, what did they do? They did nothing the for 80... They got, with, with the ball, they did nothing for 80 minutes. So I, I wasn't concerned, because if we just kept doing what we were doing, we were eventually going to run out until winners. I thought we'd been comfortable. We did. Wales still have players that can score something. Like, Lewis Rees Amateur, I thought was great in, in a defensive game. He was bandaged um, up before the warm-up, or before the match at the warm-up. And he still defended great. He had a lot of work to do. And I think if you just give him time and space, he will do danger. Mm. He will do damage, I should say. He's a danger. Um, do danger. Do danger. He, do, he does the danger. <laughs> but like, like, that's how you can see he was like, okay, Ireland fluff a clear out or something, and Wales just get the ball or turn it over, and he gets it and he beats someone one-on-one, which easily happens, and it's a try, and they had nothing. But they had nothing the entire game, and I was a bit annoyed we conceded. To be yeah, honest, um, yeah, it positive that we didn't concede through defensive uh, errors. Like mm. Wales had nothing attack attack wise. It was just an intercept try from bad pass. But on the subject of intercept, like at half time, Stephen Ferris like, well, maybe keep it a bit tighter. Don't throw those offloads because um, there was there's multiple offloads in the first half that didn't quite work. But like you have to, that's what that's the the downside of having a high tempo attacking game. You can't say throw offloads, but don't throw any bad offloads. Like Joe Smith realized, well, we're we're not gonna we don't have the skills, or at least he thought we don't have the skills to get an offloading game. So he said, well, okay, well, we won't offload unless it's a certainty, pretty much. Um, mm. so let let's keep it under control. And people were bitching about that for years. Mm. Like you can't you can't just say you have to take the bad with the good. Like Joe Smith's style is okay. You don't get turned over. You don't lose the ball, but you lose that attacking chance. You lose that attacking weapon. But Joe Smith, for most of his career, managed to make something out of that. We were very precise, very exact. We'd have those couple of strike moves a year to break a, a tough game. But like if you if you want to play this all course game, as they say in the USA, you have to break eggshells. To murder some <laughs> metaphors. Yeah, live by the sword, die by the sword. Yeah. It does feel like though like wasn't that prime time Murray box kick territory where he threw that senseless offload to Tyburn? Yes. I guess it was, the, it was just a bad with... pass. Like, Tyburn, mm. the only thing he could do was take contact when he got that ball. Mm. Yeah. And then he threw a bad offload because he was on his own. Is, this is where like you might make the case, as you were saying, Murray in that system is maybe not the fit because like you any scrum half there box kick would have been a solid option I feel and yet like Murray maybe oh, we were outside the 22 technically so he didn't probably wanted to reset it up right 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 or but, else uh, like to see how pass in the line see what happens like that's kind of mm. the new the new uh the new mantra like, <laughs> yeah like like instead pass of just sitting the box kick if you're part of a team that's dominance maybe carry it again or pass it tip it on mm-hmm I've I've no real issue with the well decision to pass to a man on his own. Not great, but if he passed, well, he could take contact on his own terms, or he could pass it out to the next man. But it was just a poor pass and then a poor decision from Tigburn. That's that's what happens. But yeah. our, um, I'm just happy that we are taking these risks. Yep. What what about our discipline, which was very very good? Because I yeah. see Wales conceded 14 penalties. Uh, we only conceded six, and I think most of them came when the game was more or less over. Um, we were 
bit lucky in the scrum, I felt. Mm. Porter probably could have been pinged a couple of times, but it is what it is. You 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 win some, you lose some. Um, I thought Wales were very poorly disciplined, um, and they, should, they could have been pinged a lot more. Mm. Like there's a couple of times they just killed the ball or were slow rolling away, um, and they could probably point to it away, like to us uh, getting get away with stuff. I thought the only real bad miss was like Furlong kind of tackling their players mm. in the mall. And then ref gives us advantage for um, them collapsing them all, essentially. <laughs> but I, I thought, like, Wales report, like, the Josh Adam thing summed it up. You mm. get a penalty, ball, and you just lay in a dumb hit. And this is, this is what happens when you lose a couple of your leaders. So you don't have people giving you, a, keeping your head in the right place. And then that's what happens. It, you turn a, a potential back into this game into 10 minutes gone. I mm. loved how indignant he looked when yeah, sure. he got sent off. Like, what? I did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a petulant child. It was great. Yeah. Um, what what One other nice bit. There's a kind of thing to the discipline thing. Um, just like how accurate our breakdown work was. Like, I was going to say it's remarkable, but it's not really because we've been doing it for a little while. But like the rook speed is incredible. We didn't give a chance for Wales to get anyone near a ball to get a turnover, and it was just like right there, Gibson Park's feet the entire time. Um, I know it's like the Paul O'Connell influence, but it's like incredibly accurate rook work, and it yeah, compared to what Wales were doing last year. <laughs> like that was evident. Yeah. Wales game last year, their, their rook speed was yeah. much quicker. Well, yeah, just and, to... but it's getting quicker again. Yep. Indeed. To, to give you numbers for that, uh, our rook rook recycle speed. Zero to three seconds. Seventy-one percent of our rooks were in zero to three seconds, which is the fastest like time you can do, compared to Wales is sixty percent. So sixty percent isn't bad though. It's not bad. Like like it's going to be the biggest one, but it's just um, if you look at our percentage of small, basically we're we're fast. Is is hmm. what I take away from this? Um, yes. Uh, we're Sonic. We're the Sonic, <laughs> the hedgehog of Six Nation teams. Yeah. Whales are tails. Nobody likes tails. <laughs> um, if you're if you're going that fast and you can get like all, all it needs is one defender and not get back where he should be. And if we're running these, mm-hmm. you know, these these guys and all these options and stuff off it, it just kind of takes one. And I think we saw that with a couple of the breaks. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a really nice way. Yeah. Um. Okay, I think we've kind of covered that game. Is there, is there anyone you really want to highlight from the Ireland team that stood out to you? Because for me, like honestly, the way this team is playing at the moment is like everyone is playing well, so it feels like yeah. it's yeah, Darius isn't at the level I know he can be at. Um, again, Dave, he's I doing know it's so much work. work. I know, yeah, I know, but I feel like okay, maybe he's focusing more on doing that, and that's impacting what. An uneducated viewer such as myself would see, and in which case, yeah, my concerns are completely unfounded. But if he's lost out on the more flashy stuff and then is doing the same amount of unseen work, then I would say he's dropped a bit. But like, it's not detrimental to the team's plan or anything. You know, it's clearly, it's clearly paying off. That's evident by result. But yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm used to him being a bit better. I think. Last year, you said it right. Mm. Like um, yeah, no, no one stood out, and that's probably the best thing you can say about it. Like it was, mm. 
it was a pretty pretty complete performance for all 15. Yeah, mm. and Gary Ringrose, I think, as well, seems to be back to his uh, his standard, I, I'd consider. Like, I think he's he certainly elevated out of what I thought was a bit of a lull in his form. Uh, it's good to see. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I think that uh, covers that game. So, um, I think oh, overall, it's a very good yeah. performance. Fell off uh, late. Sorry, mm. When we say everyone played well, um, I, I think Carberry's still not there mm-hmm. as running it out. Like, when he came on, and it wasn't just him, in fairness to him, but we didn't, we, we lost a lot of penetration and trash. So that could point to Sexton being incredibly vital, or it could point to Carberry just not being 100% in terms of running a game. Mm. Um, I thought Hume didn't really come on, but he was only on for 20 minutes. Mm. Um, the props were okay. Sheehan did very well, actually. I watched it when I was watching it over again. He, he had a lot of impact. Yeah, he had um, some massive hits, which uh, yeah. was nice to see. But we just didn't. Um, we showed we were very unclinical after we got the last try. Kind of shut off after that. Yeah, but that, that can work on in a, a very wet and blustery day, which is another thing. Um, first game Six Nations, it's still a good result, even if it's not perfect. And I, I should have mentioned this earlier. I really liked that Johnny Sexton's decision was take the points straight away. There was mm. no we got to try in the first five minutes. Let's let's build up a score in front of the home crowd. It was okay. Let's take the points. Take the points. I didn't pay off. And it was unusual that it didn't. Um, one of the kicks I thought he, he should have got, but it's a very wet and blustery day, so I can understand why it's, understand that. But um, it was encouraging to see in both management and uh, decision making in that ter- in terms of captaincy. But mm. I, I I find that dynamic actually very interesting because if Sexton is the captain and he's just missed two kicks, okay, and if they got a third kick or a third penalty and it's in goal kicking range like like he has like does he make the call himself and goes i'm gonna get this or does the captain come over or does someone else come over and say i, I imagine if it's a border if it's like when he got was pretty much in front of the posts mm. so that was a no-brainer um but i think if it was one of the positions there was like maybe kind of like a normally it might be like an 80 percent or 75 percent mm. but you add the weather into it you might you might have a discussion with like say james ryan would be, be vice captain or something or mm. Something like that, but um, if Peter Manny was on, he'd be talking to him, yeah, M- maybe Connor Murray as well. But I-, I think, I think if he backs himself, he'll take it. If he thinks he can get us, he'll go for it. So, yeah, um, well, I think that's a perfect opportunity to pivot then to the game this week, uh, France versus Ireland in Paris. Um, we'll start with obviously the main event, which is no Johnny Sexton. Um, and what is going to be a massive game for Carberry, who I think I saw that it's potentially his first Six Nations start. Is. Yeah, which what a what a way to get it. Um, no one idea out of circumstances for that boy. Like he's literally just back from injury. I can't, mm. and it's over in Paris. They're gonna ruthlessly target him. I I mm. do not see a good day for him. Yeah, like, I can't see him lasting the full full eighty. Well. I'd just be worried, not even in terms of injury, I just think he's not up to scratch. Yep. And I think it's gonna, there's going to be so much expected of him 
that his up to scratchness will be all the more apparent. Not up to scratchness, I should say, <laughs> will be all the more apparent. And I just, I don't know. Remember Stephen Donald in the World Cup final? <laughs> it is in play. I, pass him the ball. Yeah, I have images of that because uh, just... that, that's um, it's not. It's, it's not really how I see it panning out. Like either our forwards will give us a platform or they won't. Like as much as we, as much as I was saying, Carberry's not ready, and we're so dependent on sex and our forwards can match up and we will get something out of us or they won't and we'll be in a very, very tough place. Um, yeah. I, I think it turned, once Sexton wasn't announced as injured, mm. it turns from, okay, we can sneak a win in Paris and put ourselves in a great spot for winning the championship to now let's keep the score close, get a bonus point and make sure they don't get a, a try bonus point. Now, they, they'll never target that themselves. Mm. But I think it should be how you approach a game, like if say it's last twenty minutes and we're a good bit down, I think you, you start chipping away at points even then. Mm. Uh, instead of trying to go for hell for letter and run it from our own line kind of thing. Um but Sexton is a huge loss. Great to see Henderson and Henshaw back. I think they'll have impact. Yep. Mm. Um I see France have gone for a six two split on the bench. Um, which they've named an entire squad of under twenty players, the dastardly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you, did you did you guys see much of France? Like, did you get new? Yeah, I think I, I think out of the the fifteen, it's something like fourteen of these guys started against the All Blacks. Um, yeah. They're they were okay against Italy. Like, uh, I think they warmed up as the game progressed. Um, yeah, I think it was more of a first game rustiness than anything. Yeah, but um, tailor that with uh, the expectation. I imagine they must be feeling mm. with next year around the corner. Like that'll probably go into play, but now nah, they'll be licking their lips for for tomorrow now or Saturday, I should say. Yeah, uh, I don't know why we didn't uh, play Ross Byrne. According <laughs> <Surely laughs> to international legend PSA Philip Saint Andre, mm. better than anyone else ever. <laughs> and he's joining Montpellier next year or whatever he plays for. We should have called their bluff and thrown him out there and hoped that the praise somehow became true. Mm. Can, you, can um, you imagine Ross Byrne playing in that system? It'd be <laughs> just uncomfortable. It'd, it'd be uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think it'll uh, be uncomfortable anyway. You continue the theme of Ross Byrne getting his international starts being sent away to the toughest environments possible. Mm. <laughs> At least he'd be yeah. in a full strength team, pretty much. As opposed to yeah, that domination we sent to Twickenham. That's the one. Like, ho- like I, I, I was pretty confident before the Sexton uh, news. I'm obviously less confident now. But I still think we have a reasonable chance. And that's because we have 14 other players who just came off, yeah. off a very good performance. I, I, um, I feel like, like... It's not like... But sorry, it's just like the, the the system we're playing. Like, how many times did Aki take first receiver against Wales? A lot, right? If yeah. we're not setting Joey up to be, you know, getting the ball straight over Rook and having like centers and macros running at him, like the way we're operating, if you put into space, like he's a more dangerous broken field runner than Sexton. Um, we could take a bit of pressure off him because we have Mike Hansen who can pass, we have Aki and Ringrose who can pass. Um, mm. my concern is he doesn't have the vision or experience to always make the right call. Like his, his range of passing is there. He just 
seems to hesitate and still trapped. Um, and that, that's yeah, my concern yeah. is that right, we put him into positions where the pressure isn't on him and he just kind of hesitates for a second and, and, and it kind of falls apart on him. Uh, mm. I'd have in there, but we'll, we'll see. We'll know a lot more about his, his like Carberry's 10 credentials uh, you know, on, on Saturday evening. Well, this is actually like, I, if you look at it, immediate term future, this is like a terrible outcome. But like midterm, long term future, this is great, really. In terms yeah, of like, like, well, like, if, can Carberry stay fit? No, like, but like, what I'm uh, saying is, I'm saying like, yeah, it's great. Carberry's getting this game, but when does he last like 40 minutes? Like, and then we go on to the next one. And then Sex retires, and Carberry is injured. Like, so it doesn't really change things. Well, it means we'll go on to the next guy. Yeah. Which is, has to be done sometime. Mm. So why not yeah. now? So this is kind of more of a reaction against people saying that's oh it's good Sexton's out or we should change the team anyway. I was like, uh, uh, no, I'm not, not. I'm not saying it's good. Yeah, I'm saying there's a silver lining. But, uh, I, but I, th- I don't think there really is because like Carby, what's Carby going to get from say 50 minutes more than he would normally? Like the st- issue is Carby can't stay fit. Mm. But that the issue is Sexton's old. <laughs> is yeah. that not the issue? Oh, so they're, okay, okay. they're saying the replacement for Sexton, like Carberry's not going to get less brittle if Sexton is gone. So like we still shouldn't be relying on Carberry. Is what I'm trying to if, say. If, so I don't think it, like him getting this game time is really going to change much for Ireland's long term. What does it rugby players say about contact, where you have to go full into contact, hmm. or to maintain the best outcome for your, for yourself? It's something like. If you, go in, all tackling. If, you, if you go in and half whatever you come out worse off yeah so I think like I see that same hesitance that James mentioned in relation to Carberry and I'm not saying that is what's responsible for his injuries it could just be a freak series of injuries but if the hesitance does come into it anyway then getting him game time and hoping he doesn't get injured could be a means to build up whatever he needs to build up to take contact on a more like I don't know natural way like i.e. not hesitant but well the way I look at it is he'll be going up against a Sean Edwards defense who I the way I if the way I think France will approach that in terms of defenses they are going to make us make decisions very very quickly and they'll really stress the whole thing and then Unfortunately for Carberry, a lot of it's going to be around him. Um, now that might mean the space. Like, yeah. There will be space if they're rushing at you. But... Yeah. So if we get the ball out or we do something clever where they bite you, in on the loop. Um, you use their aggression against them. Mm. But um, uh, like they, they are ill-disciplined now. That's mm. something the French team struggles with, even against New Zealand. Like they give away penalties. Um, yes, they're definitely much improved defensive outfit since uh, Edwards joined but they're they're not like Wales used to be where they'd only give away penalties when they really had to mm. they, they just they're still a bit lazy in some aspects and a bit ill-disciplined in others so that could be the, the opening we need but our pack just really need to front up because that's a serious tie five we're coming up against mm. the seen... back row is good but I think I, I think I still think our back row over there is but that front five could decide the game. Absolutely, yeah. Just um, see their front row offloading skills against Italy. 
it was akin to ours. They, uh, I think it was Bai and Marchand had a nice little interplay between them with like three offloads, I think. And it, I'm not sure it resulted in anything, but it was just uh, it reminded me of Furlong and Porter, kind of. You know, they get praised so often for their uh, ball handling ability. Mm. It was as if they were like putting it up. Well, they obviously they're not, but showing what they can do as well, like in terms of like their front row and our front row are maybe on parity. Like in in the scrum, I wouldn't know, but in the loose, yeah. I mean, half a dozen to one, six of the other. If if mm. that's the expression. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, it it's 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 going to be a a fascinating battle anyway. Well, fascinating isn't the right word. I think it's going to be an absolute war. Terrifying. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I do think I'm going to approach this a bit um, more relaxed now because I, I said mm. it's more about getting the best possible result as opposed to oh, we can really win this and cement our hold in this championship. Uh, so like, in that way, I've, I still I still think we can win and I still think the game will be close, but I'm, I'm more of a mind that losing bonus point, anything more is a bonus, if you'll excuse the, the pun. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys, um, who, okay, who, who do you think wins this game? And then who do you think wins the championship? Because uh, I actually... Seven. France by seven, okay, and then I think France win. Yeah, but they will lose a game somewhere. Well, I'm looking at their fixtures. Scotland. So they've Scotland away after us, which is shaping up to be a bit tricky. But you've a week to prepare, um, or two weeks to prepare for it, uh, and then they go away to Wales, who maybe maybe they'll be a bit livelier, and then their final game is against England in Paris. So. It's it's. I know you don't want to look too far ahead, like and start like going, "Oh yeah, yeah." If this happens, that happens. But um, um, I think both Ireland and France will be looking at this Ireland France game because if we can win this one, um, the winner of this wins the championship. Yeah, which it, it's only round two, but that's the way it feels. Now, because Italy did sorry, because um, France didn't put up a big difference against Italy. Mm. Um, if if it is a close game against us, we can still win through. Points difference if someone else takes them off a chip off them. Mm. Uh-huh. So, Dave, what's your, what's your call? Who wins and who wins the championship? Yeah, I said France last week to win the championship, so I'm going to stay with that just to mm. be consistent. And I think France tomorrow or on Saturday as well. Mm. I would have been confident with Sexton. Well, not very confident, but like. I would have tipped us, but you take Saxon out, and I just think the golfing quality is so alarmingly stark. I I believe, and then also, I think our passing game hinges around Saxon to such an extent. And if mm. if as you guys say, our main focus is on that intricate passing game, and then you take the central cog out of that, I know we have fourteen other players who can clearly do it, but I feel like he is just the main thing that makes that work. So take that out. And if that's our main focus, then we lose that. So, yeah, I'm going to say France by like 10 to 15 points. Mm. James, do you have a, a take? Despite having seen seen nothing of Joey Carberry in the past, 
three years that suggests he's remotely capable of doing what we need him to do. I think we might sneak it. I was yeah. I, I was so impressed ahead had the had the team played last week that I think they might be able to um almost play around the fact they don't have sex in it and make Carberry not have to do a huge amount of split second decisions. I, I just have a sneak suspicion we're gonna we're gonna do them. Um France didn't overly impress me against against the Italians. Mm. So I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna gonna stick on the Corgis Lamas and say we're gonna beat them. But again, how much of that has to do with Italy playing well. You know what I mean? So we no, all came into this expecting Italy to be the usual whatever. Fifteen. I said, I, said they, I said they'd beat Wales, and I still think they will. <laughs> yeah? They I, I, think they I think Italy were good. I, I, really do, I really do think they were good. Um, but our, our defence has never been a problem. Like, teams aren't going to put up loads of points against us, and that's not going to mm. change without Sexton being in there. Like, if we can see 20 points, I'd be surprised. And it's whether we can yeah. score 21, which I think we can Hmm. Well, but, uh, um, I slide on the more optimistic end of things. Um, a draw. It could could be a draw. That that would be drawn twice against them. I think <laughs> the last decade or so. Yeah. Um, I think we'll do it, mainly because I want them to do it. So, so. <laughs> um, let's do a team talk. Rob wants you to win. Go out there, Joey. <laughs> Do it for Rob. <laughs> I think it would just be great <laughs> if we won. Everyone would enjoy us. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be great if we won, guys? It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else. I, I do think whoever wins this game wins the championship. Um, and you think Ireland are going to win the game? Yes. So you think Ireland are going to win the championship? I did. So I, it's the same as last week. I predicted I predicted an Ireland Grand Slam. I'm sticking to yeah. my guns. Yeah, we none of us have shifted in terms of our overall outlook. <laughs> yep. Um, in terms of outlook for other rugby, uh, I have this other section at the end of this podcast for just you guys rounding up the other rugby you saw, which featured Scotland. So we had Scotland versus England. Um, Scotland got off to a great start in their campaign. Um, I think we're, they were favourites for that game, were they? Like, no, no, England were two points. Oh, right. England, England, uh, Eddie Jones was saying, oh, Scotland, huge favourites. And okay. England were three to two points favourites beforehand. Okay. And uh, Scotland, on the, on the, the other hand, Scotland are favourites this week um, against Wales, um, which is unusual. Mm. So, yeah, do you want to talk about Scotland, England at all? Like, yeah. do you guys England, see anything? Mad Eddie Jones does it again. I said beforehand that my crazy call was England finishing fifth because I had no idea how England would approach the Six Nations. Mm. Um, and it looks like they're, they've they gone full sicko mode. But in a bad way. They're, they kicked so much ball. It was obviously a plan that they'd kick everything and hope Scotland would make a mistake. And when they didn't collapse, like they didn't really have anything. They scored a great try. They took off their out half at 60 minutes when the game was in 60 whatever minutes. The game is still in um, contention, which was absolutely insane. I think Eddie Jones is a very bad coach when things are not going well. Mm. Like he, I think he preferred to lose a game than be proven wrong. Uh, all the stuff that comes out of camp seems really negative now. Like It's fine when you're winning. You can be an arsehole when you're winning in sport. But when you're losing, you're just an arsehole. And no one mm. wants to play with you. Like he, he just does stuff that 
he seems to be um, forced into almost picking, like say Smith, which should have been in his out half for the last two years maybe. That you could say Ford was great or Farrell's experience, whatever you want. But he only picks players he doesn't like when he's actually forced into it, like when there's injuries or when there's you can't ignore their form any longer. Like with Sam Simmons? Yeah, like I don't understand. Like if he wants to play Smith, you can play like Don Brandt at eight, who's another good eight in England. Mm-hmm. Who's um, Don Brandt's the new Simmons? Yeah. I he won't get shot <laughs> Oh wait, no, he's, he came off the bench. He's playing there, two non-centers in the center, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Well, Slade, you can take Pierre and Daly's experience there, but and he's got like three fullbacks, pretty much, wasn't it? Well, March Marchand, I think, is the center on the wing. Yes. So yes, that's, that's exactly it. He's got like two fullbacks and a and, like. It's it's just utterly insane. Like he does that shit because he thinks he's smart. And when it works, it works, but you just look like an idiot when it doesn't. And what did, what did you guys make of the Luke Cowan Dickey uh, penalty try? I thought that was one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. It was yeah, the, like, the, most nailed, the most nailed on penalty try in the other card. I, like, you could use that as like the test case. Like for new referees, they should show them that as what the example is. I can't yeah, believe man. that's been debated anywhere. Well, can, I don't understand why he didn't make a legitimate effort to just catch the ball. Maybe he didn't go because he's, he's a he's a, a brain no worky. Like genuinely, like, that's the extent of it. Yeah, he, he apologized after which, which I'm not a fan of. Mm. You, you shouldn't apologize for a mistake you make on the field unless you like try to kill someone. Mm. But like, why like, was the hooker defending that? Well, Scotland well, right. knew that he'd be there. Like, I, I think that mm. like it came out of a, a scrum, and I don't know. I've only watched the the Squid Rugby video on this, but. A bit pace of plagiarizing his commentary at this stage, but uh, <laughs> the, the, it's got another the scrum on the right hand touchline, and Darcy Graham breaks to the he's like starts behind the scrum and breaks to the right, and that drags I think March into cross, and then Russell kicks it all the way over to the left hand touchline, so the fullback has to go try and make that tackle. Marchand comes over to cover fullback, and at that point, County he's picking himself up out of the scrum, and he's the guy, he's just the last defender, so he just got into the line, and by the time he gets there, the ball's coming right back. Um, yeah. it's going right back over. So it looks like they they kind of ran away to drag the winger out of there, um, and in the hope that someone who wasn't capable of defending ended up there, and that's that's what someone happened. Someone who's not capable of catching a ball. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If he can slap it away, he can catch it. As far as I could say. No, I agree with you. But if he had, if he had like he's tried to catch it and knocked it on, like at the very worst, it's a scrum for Scotland. It's a complete brain fade at the highest order. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Re- really funny as Rob said. So <laughs> yes. thanks for that. I saw it like. Was that, a, was that an intentional? And then you, you see it in slow motion, like, oh no, he didn't. <laughs> Completely changes the game. I thought, I thought England were unlucky at the end. Um, I thought they got a lot of rub the green during the match. Mm. But from that point onwards, it was all all going Scotland's way. I thought, Just, um, probably should have got a penalty at the very end. With the scrums. Scrum. Yeah. Ref didn't want to give it. But... What do you guys make of uh, Scotland's prospects going forward now? I'll do a mess it up somewhere. I think, <laughs> they could they could beat France. Like, I, I genuinely think they might beat France, but like we're gonna melt them in the pack. Uh, mm. And especially with Richie, I would, like I, it's hard to know. It's kind of hard to know how impressive any team was over the course of the weekend. Yes. Yeah. Um, because Scotland scored uh, obviously the, the the penalty try, a very nice, really well worked mm. like tactical try. Um, outside of that, what did they really do? They defended well. Uh, that's mm. for sure. But, really well. I think England were expecting we'll, them to do that. Uh, England weren't. I think the plan was you put them under so much pressure they break, but they didn't break, so you had nothing, nothing for you. Um, just really hard to see where teams are. I think 
because pretty much every game was played in very poor conditions, mm. like that could have been a limiter. It could have brought the worst teams up. It could have made much, things much more hard to attack. So maybe th- teams will look better in a drier field. Like, like they always will, but they could substantially change mm. as the weather gets better and better. I think Scotland have a chance. I think England. I'm still not sure if they can bounce back. There's mm. definitely a chance they they finish up like last year where they're just terrible and they're not in this at all. But they get laws back, they get a few other lads back, two laggies back. Let's say like that, that could change things quickly. Mm. And sorry, I forgot to mention this point, but I can't believe Youngs is still their scrum half. He, he played the played play, play the entire game as well. Yeah. Eddie Jones will <laughs> drop you at the drop of a hat. To excuse the pun once again. <laughs> He's kept him through everything. It doesn't matter how bad he pays. Mm. I, I just cannot comprehend it, yeah. a nation of his their, their resources. The more evidence you bring to the table, the more I start thinking maybe Eddie Jones is not so great. Obsessed <laughs> with money, by the way. Um, he lives in a five-star hotel, the RFU pay for. Uh, or a few. Or a few, yes. I'd be very, very worried. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, um, he's, he's calling out players for having like... Um, Appearing in ads and stuff, and he's a contractor, not contractor. Um, what do you call them? Not a contractor, but when you maybe it is a contractor, but consultant, um, consultant, thank you. With the with Japan rugby team and one of the big Japanese companies, uh, he has his book out. Um, he brings in all these league coaches because no union coach wants to be under them, work under them. Yeah. Uh, just it does, like very much do what I say, not what I do, guy. Do you do you think there's a danger if things go south this Six Nations that do they move on from Eddie before the World I don't Cup? Think so. or, um, yeah, World Cup next year. I can't see them doing that. They give him that World Cup and then and hope he cobbles together some sort of. No. Yeah, um, that kind of brings me a, a kind of the broader point about Wales. Um, because uh, basically the narrative I saw online basically was you had the Wales under 20s on Friday getting absolutely trounced. Uh, the Welsh regions are kind of getting whooped all around them, even though the Cardiff did beat Leinster there. Recently. <laughs> but, but but they haven't had a great season. And now everyone's like, the national team is falling apart and the Gatland effect is gone. Um, yeah, w- w- where do you guys look at Wales because ve- a lot of Welsh fans are very critical of the Welsh Rugby Union I think um, they're going to end up like Scotland were for the first decade of uh, Six Nations pretty much mm. or but they could take a game off you mm. um, they, they will, as I said before like all their star not star players but they're, all their leaders are in their 30s mm. and they won't be back for probably most of the Six Nations and Demento Mole had a great podcast out just uh, yesterday actually I think where they go through it but like you got someone like Lucy Zamet he's young mm. um, you got your lads Basham mm. mid-twenties but like all the other players in that pack um, were old or not or not good like all, basically saying there all the players they have available are um, old or just okay like mm. it's not, it's not, it's not like you got, um, Falatau, Warburton, and Lydia from twenty twelve back, and say, oh, well, they'll be back fit soon. But 
No, like this is this is it's pretty much as good as it's going to get. Well, speaking of good as it gets, how how bad do you think it's going to get for Wales? Oh, I, I, well, okay, obviously the guys coming back will improve their their game. Mm. Um, but, and but will like, even for the next couple of years. But I think this is this is like they're going to be a mid-table team. Uh, yeah, so the recording cut out there, but we were talking about Wales. Um, I say like they're not missing that much. They are missing players, but like it's not like they can rely on them in the years to come. Gatlin, the coach, could have strung something together out of this team better, and will over the next few years. Like he can just get forward fit and willing to tackle and willing to work. And Wales always produce um, attacking backs like more so than we do. Mm. they'll always have a Reese Samus or a Liam Williams or something like that that can, are good at attacking so between mm. that and decent halfbacks that will get you a decent Six Nations team with ability for more once you throw in like the stars like North or Warburton or Alwyn Jones mm. or even oh. very experienced uh, forwards like um, not Beard Be- Beard and Ken Owens those kind of guys but like, Pivac's not that kind of coach, and judging by the under twenties, they don't they don't have people coming through either. Mm. The yeah, I, I find it interesting just looking at Wales's fixtures coming up. Like the one against this game against Scotland, actually, I think is like um massive. It's <laughs> a barometer, isn't it? Yeah, because I still think Wales could win that despite being shy. Yeah, that's what I mean. If they win it, then they look decent and if they lose it then it's total if, pandemonium if they lose it then it's they've got um fixtures away to england they france really at awesome. home they france in cardiff which could be tough um and then i'd love if it came down to the round five game against italy where like they're scrapping it out for yeah that wooden spoon yeah um but yeah fascinating fascinating tournament um do you want to talk about Italy at all, or not really? They were <laughs> <laughs> they, they were better were, than I thought they would be. They were feisty. Can we keep it up for the entire Six Nations? Who knows? Probably not. If um, they do, that's something for me to talk about. Then, like saying, okay, this is a this is something on the up, but I I don't think you can really place any uh, long term hope about them. I did find it interesting that uh, I don't know whether it was fourteen of the starting fifteen or fourteen of the twenty three match day twenty three are from Treviso, which just, I don't know. I found it a bit strange that if it is 14 of the starting 15, it's Treviso, then Treviso are basically an international team. Mm-hmm. When yep. you're facing a full-strength Treviso in the URC, you're basically facing Italy, yep. which kind of boggled me a bit. I was like, okay. <laughs> What's Monte Ioni? Monte Ioni. Is he a play film? Oh, yeah, he does. Yep. He's good. But yeah, just, I don't know. It seems strange that you could have... It's a possibility that bringing the players back to Italy could have been harmful. Mm. Like, if they're playing for like big French clubs or big English clubs, like you're getting good coaching there, you're getting good structure. Sure, you're not, everyone's not off the same hymn sheet, but 
if you're in an environment that's not great, like Treviso, where you're losing most of your games, or Roni, and you might not get the the best coaching staff available, like that actually could be a net negative despite getting two teams in a fully professional league. Yeah, I care what you're saying. But they've actually brought the uh, ex-coach of Treviso in as the international head coach now. Kieran Crowley, I think his name is. Mm. So, so like they they have. It's basically Treviso. <laughs> it's it's a strange one, but I mean, if if they can be better by doing it that way, then I think I'm all for it. I mean, mm. you, you might have some Irish rugby fans suggesting that at stages over the last five years, ten years, the Irish national team was just Leinster. With a couple of add-ons, but yeah, it, I like it. Yep. If if they get the success that Treviso got, which was what that Nations Cup, Rainbow Cup, baby, yeah, <laughs> which is a cup, so it's something. It's so more than I, once you've won over the last ten years. Oh, zinger. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I think I think that kind of wraps up everything. I have here URC that's still going ahead. Champions <laughs> Cup <It> still exists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Champions Cup round of 16 details were announced Leinster get two Friday games including a half five Friday yeah, half, half five on a good Friday are they trying to knock us out or is this a... I don't know I hope it's like a, another chip on our shoulder and yeah. siege mentality yeah. and all that crack um, but yeah I've got trivia okay to finish up excellent okay so uh, which out half Last played over an hour in a win against France for Ireland that isn't Sexton. And you get bonus points if you know what year and where. I've probably never even heard of the player, to be honest. What out half last played over an hour in a win against France, did you say? Yeah. I'm guessing O'Gara 2009 in Crow Park. Okay, that's your guess. Do you other guys, you want to guess? I mean, Neil's answer seems sensible because I can't see you picking. Actually, no, no, I, I think I know what it is. Don't. Are you it's googling just, Neil? It's, it's, no, it's <laughs> just the minutes. I, I can't. Ask, I can't guess twice. But I'll mm. write it to you, Rob. And okay. You can I'm tell me gonna, right I'm gonna guess it's someone uh, I don't know. So that that's all I got. I can tell you, Dave. It's someone that you do know. Yeah, is it Ian Madigan at the World Cup in 2015? That's it exactly. Correct. Oh, I guess after hey. Rob after. <laughs> I was like, there's no one else has beaten. I was like, oh, wait a minute, how long did Madigan play in that World Cup? I remember him crying, crying like a little bitch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and then. Oh, it was all downhill from there. Uh, to put it in context, too, with what Carberry's going to try and achieve, uh, which out have last started for Ireland in a win against France? Sexton. No, that isn't Sexton. <laughs> I guess O'Garrett in 2009. Yeah, that, that, that's correct. Um, so that kind of really hammers home to me. Uh, just as injury prone as Sexton has been at times, he's actually been surprisingly. He played a few Six Nations games now. He hasn't uh, missed yeah. too many of them. Um, but that really highlights to me like Carberry's going to have to do something very different for us. All, all we can hope is that, as James said, the fourteen blokes around them will be able to Rally shore him. up his shortcomings to such an extent that. It will be incidental how he plays, and mm. you know, which would be fucking great. But yeah, 
Maybe I'm just in a pessimistic frame of mind, but uh, come Saturday, I'll be supporting them all the same. So, true, true. Hopefully, carbs can not break an arm. <laughs> yep. All right. We'll leave it there. So, yeah. Bye. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>